Hello everyone. Um, so it's December. Well, it's technically the second week of December now, but honestly, December to me always sort of feels like winter. And I know that this year winter doesn't start till um, the 21st of December, but you know what? It's December. It's getting kind of cold out. Well, in Florida, it's getting kind of cold out this week, but like most places it's snowing now, right? Like, so to me, this is winter. I know it's not, but it feels like winter, so in my heart, I'm going to say it's winter. So, we're reading Little Women now, and I've been told by multiple people that, like, or seen, I guess, on the internet, I say told as if I'm experiencing this and I'm communicating with them, but it's actually, I just read people's posts on social media, and I feel like I'm talking to them, and I, they don't know who I am, but it's okay. Um... So yeah, I've seen multiple places that people say that Little Women feels kind of like a winter book to them, and I guess that's probably due to the fact that it starts in like the second chapter is Christmas. So we're going to read Little Women now and read both parts. Um, so this is going to be the first episode in a rather long series of Little Women episodes, so I hope you guys will enjoy it and you can either uh, watch us destroy your nostalgia because I didn't read this as a child um, and now I'm experiencing it as the first time as an adult so it should be fun and I think we'll have a lot to talk about so I hope you guys enjoy this very first episode of Little Women. Hi, hello everyone, and welcome to the Barely Bookish podcast. Today we are talking about Little Women with Kendra. Oh, hi. <laughs> I'm not used to being the one asking that. <laughs> I know. And you are on a lovely podcast. You want to tell the people about your podcast? Okay, so I host a podcast with Jessica at West Coast Booksters, and we do book battles where one of us loves it and one of us hates it, although sometimes it's like, in between <laughs> and then we also do author interviews i love it i love it so much i honestly when we were talking about what book we're gonna read i'm like looking because i have giant bookshelves back here looking at all my books and I'm like you know it's gonna be easier for me to rag on something and i'm like what can i read that i would hate and i couldn't find anything <laughs> so you know there then we were just you know chatting about which books you're gonna read so i am very excited to read serpent and dub with you i'm we did you start it i haven't started it yet i my cl classes end in two weeks and i'm gonna start it then okay i started it yesterday mm -hmm. it has a lot of french words in it but i'm listening to the audiobook and i'm thinking in my head like oh my god if i would have had to read this <laughs> anyways back to little women um so I do think it's kind of interesting that all the chapters were titled because I haven't read like necessarily I don't know if this is technically a kid's book but it kind of gives me the vibe of a children's book I don't know if it is I, have, I think it's like nowadays it would be considered a middle grade book yeah Penguin Teen classifies it as young readers so I'm gonna go with middle grade that feels right it's like a novel-ish. I find it weird that she talks to the reader. 
Yeah, that threw me off on like the first chapter. We'll get into it when we get there. But like when we hit the first time that she's like, oh, young readers would like us to scratch. I was like, whoa, 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 Deadpool, chill. Like I was like, I can't handle this right now. I was like, I was just getting into it. And then she's like, uh, let me just take you back a couple steps. And uh, we're going to talk about these people. And I was like, okay. Like. <laughs> I've never read a classic book that does that before. I don't think I haven't either. And I can't think of one off the top of my head that would either. I'm really trying to think of anything. I can't think of one though. I'm going to get tweeted. The only person that I know that does that is the Deadpool. Deadpool. Lemony Snicket did it. Remember? Oh, um, there was a smut book that I read that did it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that feels extra weird. Like they're in the middle of like Bouchica Wow Wow and then it like pulls you out and it's like and then uh while this was happening, far away in the distance, and you're like, Whoa. Okay. <laughs> that would just make me a little weird. Was it good or was it like weird? Okay, so it was weird. It was it was good for a smut book, but it was weird because it was the Alice in Wonderland smut book. <laughs> I have a lot of questions and I'm also going to need you to send this to me because now I just am curious about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I was technically, I was doing it as like a research type thing because mm-hmm. <laughs> my friend was like, I'm going to write a smut book. And I was like, you know, if you write a smut book, you have to read a bunch of smut books. Yeah. Yeah. That's was like, as you do. She was like, oh, look what I found. She's like, you like Alice in Wonderland, too. I will never look at Alice in Wonderland the same ever again. Who was it with? Was it Alice and, like, the Mad Hatter, are we talking? Or, like, do we, a bunch of people? Like, what was it? Tell me. I need to <laughs> There was Alice and the Caterpillar, but he was a man, not a caterpillar. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then there was... Alice and the rabbit, but he was a man in a rabbit suit. Uh, so she, with a furry, basically. <laughs> and then there was um, the Mad Hatter, and he was a man that, you know, just, I mean, the Mad Hatter is a man. Yeah. And there was the Dormouse, which, <laughs> but he was not in a mouse suit. Uh-huh. Was this like reverse harem, or was it like each book, kind of? No, this was one book. Ah, okay. Alright, so chapter one is Playing Pilgrims. And we immediately establish that they're all poor and their father is off to war. But my thing about them being poor is I feel like they're more middle class than actually poor, in my opinion. Because, like, they still have a servant, Hannah, and they seem to have basically all everything they need, not necessarily everything they want. You know what I mean? So I don't know if they're actually super poor or if they're just down on their times kind of thing. I would say like lower middle class. That's what I'm thinking too. They're not needy, but they're not rich. Yeah. Like they can't get new clothes all the time, but they have clothes that work, you know? So I'm thinking that they're just kind of like lower middle class for sure. But um, there's four daughters, Meg, Amy, Joe, and Beth. And this... at when we start this book, they're um, the day before Christmas, so Christmas Eve, and they're all kind of deciding what they want to spend their money on because 
Um, their mother said that they're not going to do a big thing for Christmas this year since the war is going on. And then I figured out later in the book that this is the Civil War because I couldn't figure out what time frame we were going for uh, because they mentioned that they're from the North and they're Yankees. So this is America, Civil War, and now we know where we are. So each of the own, each of the girls want to spend their own money instead so that they can each get something they want since they're not going to really do Christmas. Um, but as they're kind of talking it over, each of the girls is trying to say that they have the, the hardest out of all of them and that like, woe is me kind of thing. When they're all kind of in the same boat, uh, the older two girls are working and then the younger two girls are in school. Um, Amy actually goes to school while Beth stays home and does her lessons at home. So they kind of all are like doing things, but like they're all kind of on the same level. Like no one necessarily has it harder than the other. And we kind of discovered that they used to be rich. Um, but when they talk about when we get to it later, they mention how they uh, like how they kind of fell out, but they never really explain it. They don't, which I thought, like, I'd like to know that story. How did you yeah. become poor? Because, like, her father, um, Miss Mrs. March's father, was, like, best friends with, like, Mr. Lawrence, who is, like, living in a mansion next door. And I'm like, so you have to be in a relatively decent area of town if, like, your next-door neighbor has a mansion, you know? And it's, like, a stone mansion, too. I always wondered if the house that they lived in is, like a like a maid house or something for mm. mr lawrence and that's why they're so because they seem so close together which yeah. is odd yeah that could make sense like if it's like a gatekeeper's house kind of situation uh yeah i didn't think about that that would make sense though because like they're really close like he says um Lori, who we meet later mentions how he can like see them from his room he can like look into their window and i'm like oh you guys are really really close like yeah like he's peeping tom but that word hasn't been established yet because <laughs> like i've been in big houses before um a friend of mine her mother used to like house sit for this lady who had a mansion and you can't see like when you go it's not like you can see your neighbors and you can't like look into their house you know because the house is huge and i'm assuming he's not like right on the same side of the house as they are you know right. so and like, i just it was odd too that okay so her husband and mr lawrence were big like good friends but then her and him never spoke before until now yeah yeah i know it's weird it's like they're how are they such a good friends and they're just not really talking i and then my other question is, do you think then that her, she inherited this house from her parents? I, uh, I, I have no idea. I, the, the whole time I've been thinking, I think they're renting from Mr. Lawrence. <laughs> and that's what I came up with because I could not understand how are you so close to this mansion where you only have a hedge in between you. Mm -hmm. And then how have you never spoken to your neighbor before but yet he's so nice like yeah. it, there's a lot of things that didn't compute with me but um you know whatever <laughs> i know there's a couple things and i'm like huh this is kind of weird i also didn't understand why the father left when he didn't need to and he, he just went to war 
when he has yeah. four daughters to take care of and a wife at home. So previous to this, I had the unfortunate um, chance to read Gone with the Wind. So <laughs> from my understanding of that horrendously awful 1012, 18 pages, um, is that basically it's like an honor to go to war and serve for your people and like defend the north quote uh, unquote like it's basically when i read that book it was like if you did not go to war everyone shunned you and looked down on you and they're like what's wrong with you that you think you're better than everyone else to not go to war so strictly for patriotism yeah basically (laughs) it's just the manly that sounds like a boy thing it literally does it's (laughs) it's it's something it's really something so it's something that we wouldn't really understand today but back then it was just what you did yeah it was kind of like you had to and or and like if you didn't everyone was not nice about it like they made it known that you should have been at war okay so yeah okay that yeah i could get that yeah like rhett butler and gone with the wind didn't go to war and every every time everyone saw them like you horrible horrendous human why didn't you go like it was really bad well i could understand about like the younger men Mm-hmm. but the older men that you know they don't function the same yeah when younger that's why i was wondering because their dad they they seem older but maybe mm-hmm. they're not as old as i'm thinking i mean sh- the oldest one is 16 and when you think about like when people had kids their dad is probably like max 40 you know i mean i'm close to 40 but that still seems old to me. Like I would not want to, even at my age right now, I'd be like, I don't know if you'd want me at war. Like I don't work like I used to. I know. It's like having me flashbacks to when I actually contemplated maybe joining the military. And now I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) me in the military? Like I work out, but like, mm, if you put a rucksack on me, I'm just going to fall asleep and lay on the ground. Like there's no way I'm bringing that anywhere. But yeah, so that's kind of the reason why he's actually at war is that like it was a huge thing for everyone to go. They don't really talk about it nearly as much in this book, but like when I was reading Gone with the Wind, if, but the North was also better off than the South and Gone with the Wind was like focused solely on the South, which is why I had a lot of problems with it. Um, Also that it's supposed to be like America's love story and there's no love story in the entire book. You get to the end of the 1,018 pages and no one loves each other. Everyone hates each other. And I'm like, where's the love? Where's the romance? Like, it doesn't exist. So each of the girls is like trying to, they have an artist, Joe saying she does not enjoy, quote, girly activities, unquote. Um, and she'd rather go fighting with her dad. And I was like, it's interesting for me um, reading a lot of these classic literatures because uh, classic books I mean is that you know you kind of think of the past as people didn't really understand um, people and like modern ideas but like Joe not wanting to be like what we think of as like uh, like standard female tasks and like things that you uh, used to force women to do and her not wanting that is like very modern of this book you know what I mean 
Yeah. I, so I yeah, appreciate I her as a character, kind of. I just think, you know. I'm going to say it. I wonder if, and people are going to hate me for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I wonder if we were to rewrite it in this day and age, if Joe wouldn't just be a transvestite. That's what I was, I was wondering if she'd be transgender. Cause I mean, she does not seem comfortable in her own body. And like, they talk about her um, not knowing what to do with her body and not like feeling lanky and tall and uncomfortable so I always like as I'm reading this I've started to wonder that as well and like it's interesting to like put that out there when you wonder so I talked about this with Pride and Prejudice because um my last guest and I were kind of thinking that Charlotte Lucas might be um lesbian so we were talking a lot about that and it's interesting to think that maybe the author knew someone and based her off of Joe and you're like what did that person look like and live like in that time you know what I mean that could be yeah but I just kind of feel bad for Joe here and I, I'm, I'm so sorry if I ruined your classic relationship but I had to say it because no I was thinking it too so <laughs> I was honestly gonna bring it up so but yeah I just I don't think that ruins it I think it kind of shows like how books age and how we start to understand people more and the lives they could have been leading um, in the time that they were in and if they had the ability to be who they wanted to be what would that look like you know right so I just if Joe ends up marrying a man at the end of this because like she does one of those like turnarounds and now she's girly because she met the man I'm gonna lose my mind I will lose my <laughs> mind like if she marries a man she becomes the same kind of, and she's the same type of person and she actually falls in love fine but if she becomes girly at the end of this and they make her like into wanting female um like traditionally female type roles i'm going to be kind of mad <laughs> <laughs> i think joe is lovely and i'm just i want the best for her i want the world for her so um, this is the point where the author straight up takes us out of the story saying that the readers like to know how people look so she'll take a moment to describe the characters. And what I in the that weird. <laughs> I know, what in the MCU <laughs> universe is, I was like, whoa, whoa. I literally stopped reading at that point and I was like, I already am a little uncomfortable. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't, like to come out if I'm in a story like I need to be in it and like reading it and enjoying it and then it was like as soon as that part came I was like you could have described them differently by instead of taking us out of the story and she, they don't do it again after that moment yeah she it's like random moments that she'll do it in the yeah. book and every time I'm like you know I'm here I don't like that <laughs> I know I feel like there's a face staring up at me out of the like the book and I'm like ah go away so then we get to all the character descriptions and like, I'm not going to go through them all, but I'll give you the basis. Margaret is 16. Joe is 15. Elizabeth, also known as Beth, is 13. And Amy, at that beginning stage, they don't give her an age, but later we find out she's 12. Um, at that point, they describe Joe the absolute most out of all the characters. Like they give like Margaret a couple sentences. They describe Joe for like three paragraphs and then they're like, also, we have Elizabeth and Amy. And, like, Elizabeth's shy. Maybe the author was Joe. Maybe. I don't know much about this author. So, like, if I research into her later and I find out she lived, like, a really cool life, 
where she, uh, you know, lived alone with her female best friend. <laughs> then I'll be like, all right, <laughs> I get it. Um, Beth, I thought Beth was interesting too, because mm-hmm. she obviously has a lot of mental health problems going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just feel so bad for Beth because like, she's just, she's like crippling, cripplingly shy. You know, she, it's deter, deter, deters a lot of her life. And she actually had to stay out of school because she couldn't handle going to school. And I just, I felt really bad about it. But at least she's still getting an education and they're able to afford uh, for her to get lessons at home instead of going to public school. I feel like me and Beth could never be friends because I'd hurt her feelings all the time. (laughs) Like not on purpose, but on accident, you know? Yeah. See, like I do a lot of those uh, we can hang out in silence kind of friends. (laughs) So I probably would be fine with Beth because, you know, she wouldn't want to say anything. I wouldn't want to say anything. And after a couple of hours, I'd be like, all right, same time tomorrow. And she'd be like, yep. And I'd be like, cool. And then I'd leave. (laughs) But like, I, I feel like me and Beth would get along. I feel like me and Joe would get along. But like, if you put me in a room with Amy, I would lose my mind. Like already, I can tell you that it's not going to go well for me. She was like, she annoys me too. But at the same time, she's very young. So like her mindset is right for her age. Yeah, for sure. I think because she's only, what did I say? 12. So she's a child and a baby. So it's fine. I mean, she'll probably grow out of it. But it's like, that's kind of the age outside of terrible twos that I can't handle is like when they're at like that preteen phase and they're like I know everything in the world and you're like no you're a baby yeah I get that too like why I hated middle school um so at that point I said Joe has to be the main character because she got the most description which I really don't think there is a main character I feel like all the girls are equally main characters in their own way I, yeah, I, I don't, the weird thing though, I don't relate to any one of them. So I find this book dreadfully boring. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I really relate to any of them because like at the end of the chapter, there always seems to be a lesson and they learn from it and they grow and they're like, and I'm going to try to be a better person tomorrow. I'm not going to go to bed angry. And I'm like, uh, huh. Yep. I totally do all of those things. I totally grow every single day. I do not do that at all. (laughs) I definitely don't, but I, I would love to, I would love to be able to be like, yeah, I have like that self-reflection every night and be like, oh, this is how I could go. I would love to be that person. I'm not, I would love to though, because my heart, my heart says, you know, maybe you could still be like your wonderful cottage core self. And I'm like, I know I couldn't because I'm dumpster. I'm a dumpster fire, but you know, I would love to be cottage core but they don't allow dumpster fires in cottages, you know? So <laughs> I'm going to just like, you know, you look, I would get to like, look like this and wear cute sweaters, but then in the, inside, I know I, it's just a shell. <laughs> it's a cover up, you know, it's fine. Well, think about this. What if the cottage was in nowhere land? You know, if Baba Yaga <laughs> can live in a cottage, you know, I think I can make it happen. Exactly. <laughs> Hear me out. If Baba Yaga is probably the closest cottage core queen that I could be. So if anyone's looking for a Baba Yaga 
<laughs> Bobby Yaga replacement. Let me know. Um, I'm in Florida. I think I could be a swamp monster with the chicken house. So just throw that out there. You know, put that into the void. I think I can make it happen. <laughs> um, moving on from my fantasies of my chicken house. Uh, uh, okay. So all the girls are saying that they're going to go get, um, like, presents for their mother instead of presents for themselves and that's a very nice thing that i just you know can't relate to um and then they all (laughs) put on some sort of play for christmas and i was trying to figure out like i guess it's just the four of them um like this at this point they're just talking about the play oh no they actually put on the play now but i think it's just the four of them and they i think they invited the neighbor kids to come watch but i couldn't really tell But I couldn't really tell if it was, like, everyone was invited or, like, what kind of situation that was, truly. So, I think the neighbor kids came because they mentioned that there was a couple other people there. So, then uh, it's revealed that Joe actually wrote the play, which um, was pretty cute. And I thought it was, like, a really nice touch that they added that uh, she's actually writing it. And we kind of get to find out about... Uh, more of her writing throughout the rest of the book then the girl's mother's now home and they all are eating dinner and their dads wrote that uh their dad wrote them this long letter so they try and finish dinner quickly so they can read it so like they're like really excited about hearing from their dad which is nice i do wonder if we're actually gonna ever meet the dad throughout this entire book because like we're all chapters in and he's still gone at war (laughs) I mean, I can spoil it for you if you want me to. <laughs> Tell me if we're going to meet him or not. Yes, we're good. Okay. All right. Uh, no other spoilers. But I, just, <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure that we actually will. Because I'm like, if we get all the way to the end and then like the dad never comes home, I'm going to be like a little annoyed about it. So, and then in his letter, he calls them little women. So immediately we get the title of the book in chapter one, which was cute. But I was like, okay, like... <laughs> things are getting real now they actually say it a lot like mm-hmm. be a proper little woman and you're like okay you can stop now <laughs> yeah i mean usually you get like the title of the book in like the middle of the book you know and that's when things are getting serious so then seeing it that much i was like okay like weird <laughs> it is what it is i guess and then um they decide to play an adventure game in real life called um, The Pilgrims, and they're going to play it until their father comes home, which they still do not really outline this game at all. They're just, quote, playing it and enjoying their adventure until their dad gets home, so they make everything out of a task. I was wondering if they were, like, really descendants from Pilgrims. (laughs) I mean probably like they've got to be close because it's like if the civil war is happening that's only a couple generations of you know europeans being in america so they probably are pilgrims or at least close to it they had to have you know come over from somewhere so maybe i don't know 
or at least it's probably like when they did those like cops and robbers types of games you know that were really popular similar ideas like pilgrims were popular so they made a game out of it so maybe they were playing pilgrims and indians but she just didn't put in the indian part maybe i don't know they don't they don't explain this game at all and they're like, we'll just play it. And I'm like, okay. And then they said something about like lions being a part of the game. And like they all had to come up, overcome their like lion, you know, which was talking to Mr. Lawrence later on. Oops. And I'm like, okay, like, what is this game? Why do pilgrims have to overcome the lions, you know? I thought they were talking about like real lions, like. <laughs> Like the lions came to eat the pilgrims or something? I don't know. Like, as far as I know, they came on a ship, they took a bunch of land, and then they're like, here, now we're pilgrims because we stole this land. And I'm like, okay, you know, that happened. And now they're just like, there's a lot of steps becoming to get like your road of paradise for some reason. Um, so then chapter two, a very merry Christmas, which if you can guess, this takes place over Christmas. Um, it's like I hate chapter titles because I feel like they give away the entire thing yeah I do too I don't like them at all yeah and it's like these have been decent except like the next chapter is like I think it's the next chapter where it's like Mr. Lawrence and you're like oh I wonder who we're about to meet then you know but it's like I just don't really like chapter titles but anyways the beginning of chapter two each girl awoke with a book under their pillow, which will serve as their guide. We have no idea what's in these books because it's never explained. Um, I think it's the Bible. Is it the Bible? Yeah, I think it. They, she got him them all new Bibles. That's why they were talking about reading oh. passages in the morning before they yeah. started their day. That would make sense because I'm just like having only tried to read the Bible once and like barely made it through. I just don't ever think of it as a book. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't, yeah. I never really thought like, but that makes sense. Cause I'm like, what, like, what would be a guidebook unless it's like a scavenger hunt or like the Bible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> makes more sense. Cause I was just like, in my head, I'm imagining one of those like really big, like I spy kind of books. And I'm like, you know, this is a weird gift for them to have to read 30 minutes every morning. I'm like, you read it in 30 minutes, you finish it. So I really don't know. Wait, but you saying Bible makes a lot more sense than what I was thinking. So I was like, I don't know how they can't finish it every morning. But no, that makes a lot more sense. So, okay, now I have that in my head. Um, so then Meg suggested, uh, suggests that they read it each morning and they all start immediately reading it. Then after 30 minutes, they all go downstairs and thank their mother, but she's already gone. So... Uh, we're introduced to Hannah instead, and she's um, their, like, live-in servant. I think she lives there. They don't ever say she doesn't, so I'm assuming she must live there. I think most servants lived with whoever they were serving yeah. back then. You know, but then she does go on vacation later on, and she's not in the house all day. So maybe she doesn't. But vacations, like, that you're not supposed to be in the house. Yeah, but, but I, mean, I don't like, know either. I have no idea. Staycations. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't look. Maybe she does. Who knows? They don't say. <laughs> well, I'm going to assume that she probably does live there, though. Amy then comes home and exchanged exchange her cologne bottle 
for a bigger one for her mother. So she's trying not to be, quote, selfish anymore. And I was like, okay. So now she has no money left for herself, which is a very nice thing to do. One of their neighbors is very poor, so they decided to go take their breakfast over there to feed them. And there's like six little kids and they were all starving. And so they go help and give the food to the little kids. And they helped. They were all like freezing to death. They literally say that they had like purple fingers and toes. And like the fact that they did not lose appendages is like surprising to me. Well, I mean, it's middle grade, so. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) I keep forgetting that. So they help all these kids and uh, then they go back home. And this is when they actually do the performance of the theater. And Joe gets to play all the male parts since no men were admitted to the actual theater. I'm not even going to lie. While I was reading this chapter, I was falling asleep during their play. (laughs) I don't blame you because it's like the play itself is so vague that you don't even know what's like really happening throughout the entire thing where it's like if you could have cliff notes of a play that's not inherently well written that's basically what you're reading like I had no idea what was going on the entire time my thing was during this chapter they actually called Joe Sancho which if you know the Spanish word Sancho (laughs) that means like male mistress for women Oh, <laughs> so, so I, was like, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, so it's like, if you're around a lot of Hispanic people, they'll tease each other. And like, if their husbands are not with them or their boyfriends or whatever, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. and a male, another male comes and talks to them. Oh, is that your Sancho? Like, so I was like very intrigued. And I was like, wait, is that what she's talking about? Or are they, is that just like a random nickname that she used? Because again, Civil War time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I did not know that though. So like, it's I don't know. They may Joe plays a lot of male roles throughout the entire book too. She, not only in here, but then later when we get to the part, uh, the Parliament group too. Like they're all men in that. But it's just interesting to see that. Like I wonder if that was intentional. I really do. I do too because like they call it. I like when I read it, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And I was like, what? is going on here and then when she said it I was like that is really random because again civil war time so Mm -hmm. I don't think any Hispanics were in the area at the time there could have been I don't know but that's really random that they that she had it in there and I was it just caught my eye and I was like Sancho like ooh, like (laughs) what's going on you're like ooh, this is a little bit of flavor (laughs) yeah queer that they they use that if she didn't use it intentionally and now i'm gonna have to do more research on this author to figure out what's happening (laughs) um but they end up going through the whole play and i'm not gonna repeat any of it because i don't know what's happening so read that for yourselves listeners um so they finish their show and the mother calls down to dinner and it's like a huge affair and This is when we find out that Mr. Lawrence actually sent it and we find out that he's their neighbor and the family wants to get to know them, but no one really knows them, even though the mother and her, um, the mother's father and Mr. Lawrence were supposedly really close. Some reason we don't know him. Um, And we find out that Mr. Lawrence has a grandson that people don't know much about. 
and he seems to have some sort of interest in Meg, which is not really, like, through the 12 chapters, he's, like, briefly mentioned, but it's not really ever talked about, you know? Yeah, I I was getting, like, that whole vibe from Lori that he was, like, a shut-in or something, and then the the old man mr lawrence Mm -hmm. i was warned about him first of all and i heard about his thing with giving them food and i was like okay dirty old man trying to get attention of five women yeah yeah okay (laughs) they're like "Mm, i don't like this already but then while i you know while you're reading it's so middle grade you're like yeah that's not gonna happen in this book (laughs) i know it's like when they left um when lawrence and joe are alone i was like and then you know is something gonna happen and then I'm like oh this is a children's novel never mind (laughs) yeah backtrack on that one but um yeah I don't even know what's like I don't really know what his intention is or if he's actually just being nice but I think they briefly mentioned that um Lori the grandson is pretty sick so I don't know if that's why he's so much shut in because they like mention his health a handful of times. So I kind of wonder if maybe it's it's not necessarily that he um, the grandfather wants him to be if it's more so that he's like physically rather sick. So he has to be a shut in, but I don't know. And I don't know if that'll be explored further. Well, um, the mother give the mother gives her theory. And I don't remember which chapter that's in, so I mm-hmm. could be like jumping way forward than I'm supposed to be. Yeah. But the mother says that her theory is that both of his parents died, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what they died of, but she's like, so I think, in my opinion, he's just trying to keep his grandson close because that's who, that's the yeah. only person he has left. Yeah. So he makes him stay inside because he's worried something is going to happen to him, which is, I mean, that that makes sense too. Yeah, because they kind of, they talk about that, and I think it's coming up here soon, so we'll probably talk more about it when we get there, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of sad. (laughs) I don't know, but I mean, at least you have a really cushy prison, I guess, living in a mansion. Right. So, chapter three, the Lawrence boy, I wonder who we're going to find out about. (laughs) So uh, Joe is curled up in a corner reading and eating apples. And honestly, that felt ideal to me. And uh, Mrs. Gardner has invited Meg and Joe uh, Joe, Joe to to a dance on New Year's Eve. So the girls are trying to figure out what their clothes are going to be, which of their clothes is the nicest. And Joe has pretty much stained everything she owns. And then we jump straight to New Year's Eve and the girls are getting ready. So at this point, Joe burned off Megan's hair, or not Megan, Joe burned off Meg's hair when she tried to make ringlet curls. I don't know about you, but I would not trust Joe the boy to do my hair. I know. I'm like, if she doesn't do her own hair, I'm a little nervous about her touching mine, especially because they said that she used a hot tongs and paper. And I'm like, how did it not catch fire immediately? Like, who thought that was a good idea? I know, and I don't know how I know this, but back in the day, how they used to curl hair is they'd take the curling iron or whatever they were curling with. They'd put it in the fire. 
Mm-hmm. They'd let it warm up and then they'd take it out of the fire. And how you would see if it was too hot was you'd test it on paper. If it burned the paper, that means it's going to burn your hair. If it didn't burn the paper, then that means it's safe to use on your hair. And I don't remember how I know that, but I do know that little tip. <laughs> inherently I am not one that wants to do their hair anyways like as you can tell my hair is in a bun like I don't do my hair but like if I had that those types of utensils and that's all I had to do my hair I'm never gonna do it like it's gonna look the way it looks day in and day out I'm never touching it but back then they like took very like they took a lot of what is it called into their appearance it took a lot of care oh they took a lot of pride into their Mm -hmm. appearance back then but yeah so they burn her hair off and they get over it by deciding to like tease um meg's hair in the front and i just want a picture of that i really do because i just need to know how that turned out i would love a picture of that actually (laughs) yeah they're like frizzy's the style and i'm like is it is it though (laughs) So neither girl is comfortable right now because they just, you know, only each of them only has one clean glove because Joe ruins all of her gloves and all of her outfits. And Joe can't turn her back to anybody because she has a giant stain running down the back. So they're all like uncomfortable. And um, Meg's in way too small of shoes because she didn't have any that fit. But they say, quote, let us be elegant or die unquote and I felt that I really did I didn't feel that at all like I don't wear high heel shoes anymore I wear strictly flats I don't know when I made that I think I made that change like a couple years ago because I kept buying shoes because they were so pretty and I am (laughs) a shoe whore and but I could never walk in them because like you're walking for two minutes and my feet hurt Mm -hmm. so I am one of those people that I like my comfort so uh, I really don't care if the shoes don't technically match the outfit. I will do my best, but I'm strictly usually in flats or sandals or tennis shoes. You won't see me in high heels unless I take a picture in them for like two seconds and then. <laughs> see, I'm a weird mix. Like I have days where I like to wear heels, um, but I always wear platforms. You won't really catch me in stilettos, but my boyfriend is six foot three. So I have the ability to basically make him uh, carry me around if I am no longer interested in wearing the shoes. And so I kind of enjoy wearing heels, but like I have not touched a pair since COVID started at all. Understandable. (laughs) So they're officially on their way to the party now. Uh, Joe is literally as they got to the party, standing by herself against a wall and not having any fun, which I felt kind of bad about. But then, you know, someone starts approaching Joe and it's like this redheaded guy and she sees him approach her and she nopes out of there and goes and hides in a closet, which I felt that. That I was like, yeah, I get it. I would do the same. So she goes and hides in the closet with uh, uh, Lori. Oh, she didn't know he was in there, but she gets in there. I wondered if it was just that specific boy that she was scared of or if it was just all boys at the time. I feel like it's all boys personally. Because these dances, it's like the only social time they get. And she is, what, 15? So she wasn't even curious 
about boys at the time, not even a little bit. No, I think she was like, I have no interest in meeting any men. And she's like, saw one trying to approach her. And she's like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Not interested. And I guess they're not, um, we find out later that they're not actually, quote, out yet. So, like, once you, uh, once you become out, then you're looking for a husband. But n- none of the girls are out yet. So they're still technically children and they're not allowed to, like, date or court boys yet. They're not Meg all excited to go. I don't know because they actually say something about how they're surprised Meg isn't out yet because, like, her mother just hasn't put them out um, into society. So, like, I found out later and when I was reading Pride and Prejudice that to be out to society is like this whole big production, and that's why they talk later on about how. Meg doesn't have any dresses and they're like that's weird why don't you have any dresses and then they find out she's not out to society because when you're out to society you have to like wear like go to balls basically like a couple times a week maybe she's not out yet because they're poor possibly very possibly and honestly I think they also don't want to put her out yet because I think Meg will get snatched up very quickly and they don't want that to happen because they'd miss her i think they'd miss her and i don't think they want to do it until their dad gets home because like oh, yeah. then he misses that entire thing and like she's only 15 right no she's turning 16 or it's close to 16 so like she's at that age where most girls are going out now and like becoming out being presented out to society i don't know the right way to say that <laughs> So it is kind of strange that she's not, but also it's not to the point where it's very strange yet. Like, it's just kind of weird. But yeah, so none of the girls are out, so they're not really supposed to be, like, interacting with boys. And they're technically supposed to have a chaperone, and they don't, so that's the thing. Um, So Joe hides behind a curtain, and that's when we find out that uh, Lori's already in there, and his actual name is Theodore, which I thought was cute. But then everyone's calling him Dora, so he's like, "Nope, changing it to Lori." And I say Lori in my head because that's how I read it. I don't know if that's actually how you say it, but that's how I'm gonna say it. I never know if that's actually how you say it. In fact, I probably get words wrong fifty percent of the time. I feel that. Like <laughs> I said something the other day that I'd only ever read, and everyone was like, "What? Like, what did you just say?" Um. I always get corrected by that because all of my words that I've learned are all through like reading because I don't watch a whole lot of TV so it's always fun to try and figure out how it's actually pronounced right um, or you hear a word on an audiobook and you're like that's not how I was saying it <laughs> this entire time <laughs> I audiobooked the entire A Court of Thorns and Roses book series I audi- I solely audiobooked it so when I looked at how Resand was spelled and how Pharaoh was spelled I was like I'm sorry what like that's how you're gonna spell those names like that is not how they sound to me do not get me started on those books (laughs) anyways so (laughs) um Lori went to a school called Vevi (laughs) yeah I don't know which I think is in France because they could only speak French the entire time so if it's not in France that's just kind of weird um And then Joe and Lori ended up chatting really comfortably with each other. And um, Joe found out that Lori's about to turn 16. So they're about the same age. 
And so, you know, they're hanging out in this broom closet by themselves and Lori is trying to take Joe out to dance. And I was like, maybe he likes Joe or maybe they're just friends. Like at this point I was like, it's too soon to tell, but I was trying to figure out where the author's trying to lead us, you know, and start like guessing. I always think that they like, because in that day and age, like I said, you you didn't talk to the opposite sex at, mm-hmm. except at this place. So for him and her to be talking the way they are, yeah, I'm assuming that they like each other. I think honestly, if but um, I know what happens, so I'm not gonna say. Okay, I'm gonna just throw my predictions out there, and then I'll get to the end and be like, I was so wrong. But I I have a feeling that they're gonna end up together just solely based off their friendship. Like I don't think that they are romantically interested in each other, but like they might marry each other out of convenience because they're friends. If that makes sense. Like that's my guess. It could be. That could be. We'll get to the end and you're just gonna be like laughing. Like remember when you thought? (laughs) Um so Meg calls Joe over and turns out that she sprained her ankle from wearing like way too small of shoes. And they can't figure out how to get home because they can't afford a carriage. And so um, as they're trying to figure out what they're going to do, Meg runs to go get coffee and Joe, then, or sorry, Joe runs to go get Meg coffee and Joe immediately spills it all over herself, ruins the one nice glove that she's uh, borrowed from Meg and, you know, continues to destroy this dress, which can they not get stains out? Because like her entire dress is so ruined. I'm like, do you not like scrub it, soak it for a while, try and get some of these stains out or what? I don't like, I, I don't, I don't drink coffee. So I don't know anything about coffee stains, but I'm assuming they're really hard to get out. I don't know, man. Like it's not that hard to like go home and at least soak it in water to try and get some of the stains lifted before they set in. But do they have indoor plumbing? Ooh. Well, okay. How I'll, they talk about Joe getting the water for um, making food. So they have to have some sort of water storage. True. Because I, I, I had you, but I didn't. I, I just like, <laughs> so they have to have something, though, because otherwise, like, I don't think Joe on that day when she makes food for everybody is just like trolling along to the you know nearest pond or whatever. So I don't know, but I feel like they had the possibility to like take care of this, but they did not. Um so then after spilling everything all over herself, Lori um hears them talking about it and offers his grandfather's carriage to take them home, which is really nice. And then the girls uh except and he sits so they can all talk and chat he sits in the box with the guy who drives the or whoever ends up driving the carriage he sits up there and then they all get back home which i thought was cute okay so that's all we're going to talk about today kendra where can all the people of the internet find you and your podcast and if you want to tell everybody a little bit more about it and those kinds of things i know you already did in the intro but if you want to add anything you know you feel free so me personally you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. I think that's it. And it's all at K-E Radke Universe. And I'll so add that in the, the show same. notes. <laughs> yeah. And then um, for our podcast, it's on Instagram, it's 
at West Coast Booksters and then on Twitter, it's WC Booksters because it was too long <laughs> for Twitter. <laughs> and then I also made a Pinterest for the podcast, but it was kind of like a joke thing because I teased Jessica about tentacles. <laughs> what and so yeah uh we have a like a joke about tentacles and how she likes her tentacles and then she'll tell you no I don't like them Kendra likes but anyway so I have like a whole Pinterest board of just decor for her tentacles I love a meme Pinterest board (laughs) on Pinterest I don't think she's ever seen it like I don't even know if she's aware of it but it's under Jessica's decor Oh, I love that. Um, and I think, oh, we're also on Facebook for West Coast Pictures too. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so make sure you all check them out. Check out their podcast and all that good stuff. And we will catch you in the next recording. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. I hope you all are enjoying our read-through of Little Women, and we will be back next week with another episode about Little Women. Um, If you want to find me, I am at Barely Bookish everywhere. I'm on TikTok, all those great places, and Instagram, you know. Uh, We also have some Discord servers, so... If you like book clubs, like virtual book clubs, or if you want to join a book chat, um, totally join those. And you can find links to everything on barelybookish.com slash connect. And yeah. So our logo was designed by my little sister, Sarah. Our theme song is called Video Game Blockbuster by Raphael Crux. And that's all I have for you guys this week. I will catch you all next week. Bye.